Hi everyone. For the last 12 months, Anand Chindal has been leading revenue management and distribution at Wolf Hotels, a group of 16 owned and managed hotels under the Nicolo and Marco Polo Hotels brand in China, Hong Kong and the Philippines. Anand is sharing his perspective on the new breed of revenue leader, how customers are changing and what Wharf Hotels is doing to take advantage of the new type of customer behavior. As always, at the end, I asked Anand to talk about his advice for aspiring hospitality and revenue management leaders. Enjoy episode 56 of the Unconstrained Conversation podcast. And as usual, if you like what you hear, make sure you give us a five-star rating. All right, uh, very excited for another episode here on the Unconstrained Conversation podcast. Um, and with me today is Anand Jindal uh, from Waf Hotels, um, coming in live from uh, Hong Kong. How are you, Anand? I'm fine, Klaus. How are you doing? I'm very good. Thank you. It's uh, evening for me and morning for you. So we'll see who is who. Who of the two is fresher, you or me? Uh, I hope you had your uh, your tea or coffee or whatever whatever gets you started in the morning. Yes, I had my power breakfast and also a nice power nap. <laughs> power nap too. That's great. <laughs> so Anant, uh, you you worked for Warf Hotels, obviously um, some very very well known brands, um, Marco Polo especially, and then Nicolo, which is um, kind of the newer brand of Marco Polo Hotels. Uh, big presence across uh, Hong Kong, obviously, uh, your home base, and then China. Um, so uh, tell me, Anand, how is it going with uh, Marco Polo Hotels and, in, in your region, and what are you seeing right now? Well, I, I couldn't complain, you know, um, because um, our, our, portfolio, our portfolio has a presence in three countries predominantly, uh, Hong Kong, mainland China, and the Philippines. So, so Hong Kong business performance, uh, as you would know, um, is uh, slow to pick up and, and most of our properties are ranging between 25 to 30% occupancy. Most business comes from local staycationers and uh, nose dives over the weekend. Uh, but whatever we are losing in Hong Kong, we are more than offsetting uh, with gains through mainland China, where we see recovery happening at a very strong pace. In fact, um, up until last month, um, we have recovered close to about 85% of the RefPARs compared to the uh, pre-pandemic levels of 2019. So wow. it's uh, so mainland China is helping us offset some of the variances that we are witnessing in our Hong Kong portfolio hotels. And within mainland China, we see um, we see most segments are back, except of course uh, the corporate travel, which is uh, slightly slower to recover. Um, but again. Um, what, whatever we are losing in corporate travel is is again being offset through an increase in leisure travel. Right. There is an right. evidence. Uh, there's a lot of evidence of pent up demand and and uh, peak demand periods like uh, Labor Day um, give us the confidence that once uh, international borders are open, then uh, we can see demand levels reviving to. Um, it's 2019 levels um, as as early as uh, as as early by 2022 for mainland China. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's that would be very encouraging. So you've been you've been with uh, Wharf Hotels now um, almost exactly one year. So you joined yeah. Wharf um, uh, in the middle of the pandemic. 
um, yes. coming over from uh, Marriott, where you've been um, kind of where you spent quite a quite a bit of time with them. So, how has it been over the last twelve months? Um, describe to me kind of how have you settled in, kind of uh, your emerging role within uh, as a group director of revenue management and distribution, and um, what have you focused on over the last twelve months, and how has that been? How's that been translating into into successes? Yeah, um, very good question, and thank you for asking that, Klaus. Um, I, I think the last twelve months have been a, an extremely um, good good uh, learning opportunity for me. And um, uh, here at Wharf, um, we are a small organization, much smaller compared to the heavyweights like Marriott, IG, or Hilton. And uh, our strength really is our smallness. <laughs> we are able to <laughs> to um, to execute um, many initiatives um, with with a lot of agility, and and and, and we are very uh, quick about them. So, um, in, in the last one year or so, um, my role um, in my role, I have led several initiatives. Uh, when I joined, for example, packages and promotions were trending very high. And um, that gave me an opportunity to to write a packages playbook because we realized that some of our revenue leaders uh, um, did not fully understand the art and science of packaging and bundling. So that was a project that I I led, and uh, mm -hmm. it, it it immediately transformed uh, our our segmentation mix um, for packages and promotions, and and, and as a result, uh, running year to date. Um, our portfolio RGI is now ahead of its 2019 levels by roughly 20 points. So um, that was one very good initiative that me and my team members rolled out. Another one and, and most recent one was um, um, teaching um, our revenue leaders uh, the art and science of manual forecasting. Not all our properties are, are on a revenue management system. And mm -hmm. that presented an opportunity for me to um, to train some of our resources um, about the classic about the classic pickup matrix, the time series model of uh, um, of forecasting uh, to to improve the forecast accuracy. And and as a result of all these initiatives, we could see not just the accuracy of of, of the forecast in absolute terms has increased, but also the bias. Uh, or the noise in our forecasts uh, have have also reduced significantly. Mm -hmm. So we are headed on the right track. We've, we've undertaken some um, very good projects, which has improved um, the business outcomes um, for this small company of ours. And and is that uh, just a follow up question here on the packages? Um, uh, is that has that helped you drive direct uh, business versus indirect or uh, or third party business? Or um, I mean, is that a, is that a an additional factor of success? Uh, well, yes and no. Um, we, we we could drive uh, a lot more business through more profitable channels. Uh, mm -hmm. Like WeChat, for example, was was one such channel that grew in in prominence over the last uh, twelve months, fourteen months or so. And uh, we were quick to pivot and 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 connect uh, WeChat with our systems uh, as a direct connect uh, platform. Um, most customers in mainland China um, are, are using WeChat for uh, everyday social interactions and also for purchasing products. So we could harness WeChat significantly um, in the last one year or so. At the same right. time, we saw the impact of uh, wholesalers reducing um, and more direct business that is voice 
voice call uh, driven business coming into our properties. Right. Right. Okay. So, so uh, do you see the role of the uh, the revenue leader? You, you mentioned some of the training of manual forcing, teaching people of how to better out it. Do you see all of the revenue leaders, revenue strategists, or in your house or revenue chair emerge? Yeah. What have you done in the last of months? You think uh, to reduce uh, your revenue room at the hotels or the corporate office? Um, has there been stronger relationship in departments or co- uh, coordination and cooperation between departments? Um, what have you seen? Um, interesting that you asked this. Um, uh, in my opinion, um, the emerging role of um, a revenue leader um, is that more time is being spent on strategic work. And uh, <clears throat> the future of revenue leaders in in, in our organization and for that matter, in most organizations, is that they will they are expected to drive the commercial think tank of the hotel completely uh, one day. And and uh, the larger question that we are asking ourselves is right now: How can organizations enable this transformation? Um, are most of our RMs uh, spending? Um, time uh, spending their time pursuing rate parity issues or solving distribution complexities or uh, mm-hmm. are they spending adequate time in strategizing and executing uh, meaningful decisions um, mm-hmm. uh, I think um, the revenue leader of tomorrow will spend uh, um, more time in uh, deep dive analytics um, for example conducting post mortems after uh, a strong holiday period to reflect on what went right or how can we improve further um, the role is also changing uh, significantly as as it is now uh, demanding uh, a mindset of if i may use the phrase intellectual humility to be able to to make changes uh, quickly change strategies um, rapidly when the facts of the business situation change um, right yeah. So, so that's so, so talk to me about that. Talk to me about that intellectual intellectual humil- humility. I haven't heard that term yet. But how do you, how do you describe that? Well, intellectual humility is um, the willingness and uh, the ability to change your opinion uh, or decision when the facts of mm-hmm. the business change, uh, and 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 that's really a very powerful skill uh, uh, to have for for forecasters. Um, um, moving forward because businesses are changing uh, quite frequently so so um, to, to give you an analogy does the revenue leader wait for the next revenue meeting to make an important pricing decision or does he have a, a decision rights to make high value decisions immediately after the morning meeting uh, is he humble enough to accept uh, the opinions of uh, of several other stakeholders and is able to articulate his point of view uh, with humility and 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 with with an attitude that that shows that uh, he's able to adapt and adjust to the changing business situation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's an that's an interesting concept. I do agree that the revenue managers obviously need to have the right balance between the kind of the rational and the emotional intelligence. Um, and interesting that you that you have specifically focused on that, obviously, with uh, together with all the other revenue management related um, areas. Um, and how about breaking down silos or, or working amongst or across departments, really? 
Um, I imagine you know you mentioned the packages and you mentioned um, the WeChat kind of initiatives that you that you have initiated together with your team. Um, has that driven a lot of more cooperation and interaction with the with the other departments, or was that always something that worked pretty well in your organization? No, definitely, it has driven uh, a lot of collaboration and cooperation with the uh, other departments because um, packages. Um, may or may not have uh, food and beverage components. So that would mean um, the revenue leader engaging with the director of food and beverage and possibly the director of finance to be able to come up with a product that sells well. And and here I would like to use, um, you know, since you uh, mentioned about breaking silos between departments, I would like to use the analogy of a relay where uh, the previous uh, runner has to run into the segment of the next runner for at least 10 to 12 meters before handing the bait. So um, so a little bit of, of cross-disciplinary uh, know-how is, is really important for uh, a smoother um, a smoother execution and, and, and the teams coming together. Um, right. and, and, and in my opinion, Having a commercial mindset is very crucial. Uh, if if you have strong mental models or templates on how to run projects, how to sell, how to price, then you can apply really the same template to any other domain. Uh, strategic thinking, analytics, pricing is really a domain-independent skill set these days. So, um, so, so the question remains: uh, How can everybody in the company pull together in the same direction? How can organizations encourage cross-functional learning uh, to to enable this and give opportunities for revenue leaders to to take to take to take uh, um, um, you know a cross exposure in sales and marketing or vice versa? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, absolutely true, and and that's that's definitely been we see that across the world it's been enforced um, or, or 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 triggered even more so over the last few months as. Um, Obviously, we all had to go through very difficult periods of furlough and pay cuts, and and obviously people having to be, um, uh, you know, let go in in many instances. So there's also less people to do the same kind of work or even more work in some instances. Correct, correct, and of course, right. having uh, breaking down the silos, as you rightly mentioned, uh, brings out um, the efficiencies and and the cost. And the cost savings. Um, if you have someone who's multi-skilled, right, right, absolutely. And is that something you're focusing on, making sure that people are multi-skilled? Do you do you let them cross-train in other departments, or or do you get them exposed to other departments? Um, we encourage that, but I wouldn't say right. we are um, intentionally focusing on, on that right now. Because uh, sure. at present, uh, our priority is to have at least one full-time headcount of revenue management in all our properties. Right, of course. Before before we can start cross-training them in, in other departments, uh, I think the priority is to have one full headcount in all our hotels right now. Because right. we are facing a, a shortage of qualified talent in revenue management at present. Most of yeah. our leaders are from a reservations background. So, so um, they are very uh, operationally um, competent, but when it comes to strategic thinking, um, uh, I, I, I think a lot more opportunity is there for them to, to expand uh, th- their knowledge base. Right, right. Okay, good, good. Uh, thanks, for, thanks for that. 
So talk to me a little bit about the, the, the preparation for rebound in travel. Um, hopefully restrictions will be lifted over the next few months as vaccinations increase. Um, what do you see in your uh, area about the, um, the guests of the future? Um, what do you think will, will be the, the big changes that will remain? Because some of them will, will just go away again. But what do you think the guests of the future will look like? And, and how are you planning you know, to have different strategies going forward in, in driving demand, attracting, converting guests? Yeah. Yeah, very interesting question. Um, I, I think uh, the rebound in travel um, is happening already. Um, and, and there is a lot of evidence um, when, when we look at mainland China statistics and also the statistics, statistics of the Americas, where we see um, uh, leisure demand uh, coming back in full force. And most recent um, events like our most recent holiday periods like Labor Day in China, and the Memorial Day weekend in U.S. are great examples, um, which which point us to the right um, assumption. Um, and to answer your next question, uh, how will the future? Um, how will the guest of the future look like? Um, in my opinion, I think the guests of the future will value their leisure time spent on a holiday a bit more than when compared to the past. So um, the big question for hotels these days is how can we provide uh, a meaningful leisure experience and improve our products accordingly? The guest, in my opinion, is not necessarily looking for a cheaper stay, but, but mm -hmm. rather than, uh, than a safer stay. Uh, and, and he's looking at creating uh, lasting memories to make the holiday count as now the stakes of travel are higher. So, uh, so leisure is, is, is leading the recovery and it's going to be some time um, until we see a full comeback of corporate travel, including groups. Uh, I don't think we are out of the woods completely because um, we see, still see these sporadic instances of uh, resurgence of COVID uh, and the impact it has immediately on, on the business confidence of the, the destination. Um, and another trend, um, Klaus, I notice is that the lines between leisure and corporate segment is blurring as mm -hmm. uh, people can use devices to work out of anywhere. Um, and, and that then um, brings us to the next question, um, which is, are there any uh, differences how we, we can take advantage of this behavior or attract or convert guests. So in my opinion, um, um, our strategy um, has to be leisure driven and advanced lead time based offers to stimulate demand in the right planning window, being available on customer preferred platforms for sales. Um, and, and, and then uh, meaningful packages and bundling to offer more value without necessarily reducing the price and uh, middle funnel digital marketing tactics where the emphasis is more on evaluation and intent to purchase rather than mm -hmm. stimulating an interest. Mm -hmm. and, and have you seen, uh, because you're operating obviously a lot of hotels in China, you know, similar to my conversation with Jack uh, recently, right at the Sixth Census in China, have you seen um, uh, less price sensitivity um, and a, an ability to um, to increase rates, uh, similar to what Jack told me um, a couple of weeks back. Uh, well, yes and no. It's it's really um, an, uh, a case by case uh, um, 
kind kind of an uh, a scenario for us mm-hmm. for for some of our tier two uh, cities in uh, mainland China uh, like Changsha, Chengdu, and Chongqing. Um, we see a, a stronger ability to drive rates, um, right. but for, for for some of the tier one cities uh, like Beijing, uh, where the demand is still soft, as the destination historically relied um, more on cross border travel, this mm. this capacity to increase rates is lesser. Yeah, yeah, because your dependency on international travel is obviously higher, right? Absolutely, absolutely. So right. our focus, our focus, um, therefore, is is uh, how to to offer the best value at the same time and uh, not necessarily reduce um, the customer facing rate. Uh, we've done well in some of our uh, sweet uh, packages in some of our destinations. Uh, the wholesale segment um, in mainland China is actually driving quite strong ADRs for us because. Um, because through this segment, we are able to drive uh, higher room type uh, uh, utilization. So Mm -hmm. uh, it's again a case by case approach. And I wouldn't, um, you know, um, wouldn't uh, offer you with a broad based kind of an opinion in this regard. Right, right, right. Okay. Um, I always ask the question kind of at the end of of my conversations. about uh, is this a good time to be in hospitality and and what advice do you have for anyone who's aspiring to achieve a similar level of career that you have had uh, so far, Anand? Um, uh, What what kind of advice would you give someone who's just starting out or recently graduating or is maybe thinking of joining a hotel school? Yeah, I think, or wants to become or wants to become a revenue manager. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I think it's very important to remain optimistic right now and and have faith. Uh, business is already recovering in mainland China and the U.S., so that's all um, a very good indicator that it will eventually recover um, in other countries as well. And and my advice would be to get a range of experiences if possible early in your career. No, ours is an interesting industry where within one hotel you can be an accountant, we can be, you can be a revenue manager, you can be uh, a director of marketing communication, you can be in operations. So, so use this opportunity to experiment with what line of work suits you uh, to your advantage because um, mm-hmm. exposing yourself to a range of experiences will help you go through that sampling period and, and, and help you pick that line of profession which uh, you are best suited for. So take advantage of this range of departments that a hotel offers. And right. And, and so kind of you can you can try out different things and and uh, and uh, yeah, trial and error really, right? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Because you can still choose to specialize later after about a year or two based on 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 where you think your career anchor lies and your skills and abilities lie. And, and special advice for revenue managers, uh, I think um, getting digital marketing experience and exposure is extremely important um, because um, everything is, is and marketing is mostly digital these days. And a, a revenue leader who understands digital marketing and is able to engage with the digital uh, marketeer is, is able to add a lot of value in my opinion. There are plenty of affordable courses online, so uh, I would encourage uh, all revenue leaders and especially the ones that are starting their career now uh, 
to train themselves on digital marketing. And secondly, um, how to have and articulate a point of view with impact is also an ability which eventually revenue leaders uh, have to learn uh, to be able to uh, create their influence, impact, and clout uh, in, in a hotel organization. So uh, I would recommend uh, everyone to practice in safe environments and, and, and learn how to be able to articulate uh, a point of view with impact. Okay, okay. Very good advice. Um, uh, thank you so much, Anand, for your time. And uh, thanks for sharing kind of your viewpoints um, from Wharf Hotels um, and Hong Kong and, and the rest of Asia Pacific. And um, I know that you're also participating in the uh, Hospitality Tech Hub. So um, another great forum um, to expand the conversation. So really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you, Klaus. Uh, and thank you for providing me with the opportunity to, to participate uh, on, on forums like this. Yeah, of course. Thank you very much for listening. And I hope you found this episode valuable for your own business circumstances. Check out the show notes linked to the episode. Help more people in the industry find this podcast by sharing and rating. And don't forget to subscribe to the series wherever you listen to it.